0: What a weekend it was. Round 1 done and dusted and welcome to Steve's NRL Footy Tips for Round 2. I'm your host Stephen Westway. Thank you for joining me here today and thank you guys for all the continued support over my Facebook Um, and if you guys are listening to this podcast, you guys now realise that it's not just on Anchor, it's not just on Spotify, it's on Google Podcasts and it's also on Apple iTunes. So wherever you're listening to this podcast, thank you very much and thank you for supporting both me and the rugby league during this very difficult time. Of course, in the last week in Australia, we've had the outbreak of the coronavirus. Now I'm not sure what the plans for the NRO are, whether it's to delay the season, postpone the season, cancel the season... Or, move, or even move all the games to one stadium. Of course, they've got the issues with the Warriors there as well. I'm going to act like business as usual. Uh, I'm going to tip every game, and if you guys listen to Maria One's podcast, you realise I tipped 7 out of 8 predictions correct. Um, so it's a good start to the season. Hopefully the season continues, but for as long as the season is continuing, I'll be making this podcast... Initially, I had a guest today. His name is Matt Cozzer, who I teased last weekend. I watched a lot of games of football last week. He's a very good mate of mine, very knowledgeable when it comes to rugby league. Unfortunately, we could not make it work due to all the recent developments and uh, just my schedule in general. Next week uh, is definitely what we're going to be looking at, um, to have him on the show um, and talk some footy with a guest. It'll be great to do, my first ever guest for the show. We just, uh, logistics and stuff, we couldn't make it happen this week. But get ready for next week. Uh, round one had a lot of action that you guys saw, and the highlights for me. Um, every week, I'm going to have teams that stand out. And this week, the teams that stood out. I'm going to have two teams. I'm only talking about number one: the Penrith Panthers. What they did to the Sydney Roosters. They were full of energy. They just outplayed them. Out enthused enthusiasm all around the field. Great start for the year by Manly, and of course, my other team that stand out: the Melbourne Storm. Now, it's not easy uh, to go. A couple of years in a row, uh, by winning round one and starting year off well every year, the Melbourne Storm and Craig Bellamy in particular have done it every year. They have not lost a game in round one since two thousand and one. So they've won nineteen in a row. Craig Bellamy and Cameron Smith have never lost a round one game, and uh, they were admittedly, I think, by their own admission, they were off in that first half of that game against Manly. Manly winning four two at half time. So it wasn't their best start, but they came out, they grinded out the victory. Great awareness by Jerome Hughes to uh, see Vunivalu uh out in the open on that wing twice in about five minutes. Uh, it took the lead and then the experience and the leadership of people like Kim Smith really got them over the line. So great start for the year by Melbourne. They're you're looking to do it all again this weekend, but they're usually in their first five. Melbourne um, usually win majority of them every year, so you might see that pattern in my tips. Uh, we'll see if I can get a perfect round this week. Seven out of eight last week. Pretty good effort. Of course, the Sydney Roosters being the ones that uh, that let me down last week. But we're going to get into all the action this week. Before I do, though, remember to like that Facebook page, like the v- podcast, uh, subscribe if you can. I appreciate it all. All right, let's get to the football for round two. And it all starts at 8pm at AMZ Stadium on Thursday night, Round 2, when the Canterbury Bulldogs take on the North Queensland Cowboys. Of course, both these teams, Round 2 losers, the Bulldogs were locked in frantic battle deals. It was too awful, long period of that match in an error-filled, uh, low-quality match to kick off the season, before Reed Bahone for the Eels managed to score the lone try of the match, uh, giving the Eels an eight to two victory. While the Cowboys, they were their brand new stadium up there in Townsfield. they couldn't get the job done against the Broncos as they ran away to twenty eight to twenty one winners. The Cowboys did score a couple late consolation tries, but it was not enough uh, to come up and uh, face that Brisbane Broncos pack. So both teams disappointing in round one. The Bulldogs uh, they were parked in the Eels. Red zone for much of that match. They had a lot of opportunities to score points. I said it in my season preview that I worried about their young halves, uh, especially in Wakeham and Lewis. They they both had solid games, but at the same time they could not control their team around. I said talking to one of my mates last weekend that if the Bulldogs concede more than ten points a match, I can't see them winning the match because I cannot see the Bulldogs scoring more than one or two tries a game. So the lower score, the better. On the plus side, for them, the forward pack really stepped up for them. Really made a lot of meters, and uh, and of course, you know, they they only let it eight points, being the main the main stat there. So they've definitely got an aim to keep their teams uh, teams like the eels who are known for their attack to low scores. It's just a matter of whether they can do it consistently and stay in the grind. They had that old dogs of war feel for the cowboys. They're kind of like the opposite of the bulldogs in round one. They uh, their defense was pretty average. Their forward pack definitely failed to. Uh, to lift apart from Tama Lolo failed to lift against the Broncos huge pack uh, the Broncos just dominated them all around the field they, as I said they did score a couple late consolation tries to make the score respectable but the Cowboys already seemed out of energy about 50 minutes into that game which is not a fantastic sign for their 2020 season so both teams have a lot to prove uh, on Thursday night it's going to be a low scoring battle um, as I said the Bulldogs cannot afford the Cowboys to get off to a good start because they scored a couple of tries this match is over Cause the Bulldogs just don't have the points in them, I'm afraid. So if the Bulldogs start the game well, they're definitely in the grind. It could be a potential upset, but I have the Cowboys in this one just proven a bit too strong um, thanks to the return of Josh McGuire in that forward pack. Him and Tamalolo will lead it well. Jordan McLean had a pretty good return game last week as well. Um, and Holmes, his first game back in the NRL, he, uh, he had a mixed game. He did score a try, a couple of defensive uh, misreads and an error there. But I think he'll be better for the run. And he's definitely still a star in rugby league. And I think he's going to be looking to prove that against the depleted Bulldogs side. I think, yeah, as I said, I think the Cowboys will just probably have a bit too much punch in this game. The Bulldogs will stay in the match for a long period of time, considering uh, if they can start the match well. They need to uh, weather the storm of the Cowboys early. But I expect another low-scoring battle. I'm actually going to have the Cowboys by 10 points in this game to kick off round two. The second match of round two is at 6pm on Friday night when the St. George Illawarra Dragons take on the Penrith Panthers up there at Cogra. Of course, the Panthers are very impressive winners against the Roosters in round one. They started that match off poorly. They recovered well and they showed their attacking spark and they the Roosters could just not control them. Their forwards played well. Uh, of course, led by Isaac Gill, uh, Kikiel was damaging off the bench, uh, which was a late move, James Fisher-Harris pretty well, and uh, of course, their preseason signing, Appy Korosia, was uh, on fire, he made 59 tackles, damaging the attack each time he got the ball, and uh, the Panthers, led by Cleary, are one from one when he's leading that team, Marians. and I think their start to the season has been fantastic, I think they're going to be out to do it again this week against the Dragons team that on Sunday night they were definitely in control for periods of that match especially the opening 20 against the Tigers they just could not finish the job they kept letting the Tigers back in their game their game management wasn't fantastic uh, the likes of Hunter Norman are going to have to step up and their forward pack if there any hope of beating this Penrith Panthers team who uh, look like they've started the season on fire the Dragons they need to improve uh, just with all aspects of the game I mean they the two tries that they scored early in the game um, were off a mistake by Corey Thompson. Their second try, he just dropped the ball. Lomac picked it up and scored there. And the first set of the game, they shifted it wide. Uh looked very dangerous. Ravalala kicked for himself and scored that first try before he went down injured in round one. They had a lot of chances in the Tigers 20. They just could not convert after that. Um, obviously compounded by their game management in Hunt and Norman. Their kicking game, their attacking kicking game in particular. Pretty weak. So they need to improve in all aspects, as I said, if there's any chance of toppling the Panthers. For the Panthers, it's all about consistency. They were fantastic starting round one. This week's going to be a little bit different. They're be playing in Penrith. They're going to be playing in the empty stadiums. Um, so uh, for the rest of the year, anyway, for all at least the foreseeable future. So it's all about uh, not letting that change the way they play. I mean, they were fantastic with their kicking game last week. Cleary was... Uh, Cleary and the young the young 5'8 uh, in Luai, and they'll cause an all sorts of trouble uh, at the back there for people like Tedesco, who, you know, is the premier fullback in the game. So they can get their kicking game right, their forwards can continue to roll. I think the Panthers could be too strong in this one. I've got the Panthers in this one by 16. I just think the Dragons, uh, they, they can start games well off. I just seriously worry about their ability to... Uh, to stay in the grind, they've got Matt Dufty back at fullback because of the injury to Ravalala. They put Lomax back to the wing. I think that's a bit harsh. I think Lomax had a pretty good game. Apart from one error, he was pretty good back uh, at fullback. So we'll see how Dufty goes. I'm not the biggest fear of the guy. We'll see if he can step up there. But uh, I expect the Dragons to be 0-2, and I think the pressure's going to be really on Paul McGregor if they are. Uh, the fans, a lot of the fans already want him. Gorn, uh so we'll see. We'll see how they go. But uh, the pressure definitely, well and truly, on the Dragons side. The Panthers by sixteen in this one. The second Friday night game takes place at 8 p.m. at Suncorp Stadium. The Broncos are back home when they take on the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Both these teams, of course, are round one winners. The Broncos were uh, very impressive in their win against the Cowboys. They did lead, lead in a couple of tries late. However, uh, their preseason signing, their co-captain of Brody Croft, uh, integrated in that team very well. Um he definitely controlled the Broncos kicking game and their game management while he let someone like Anthony Milford who's been struggling with those responsibilities for years. He let him roam, he let him find his gaps and uh, both men played well as a result. The forward pack of course was the highlight they were damaging and they outplayed a forward pack which involved Jason Tamalolo from the opposition. That's no small feat. People like Payne Huss, Flegger, Carrigan. These guys are playing out of their skin. Of course, they're going to miss the uh, the strike of Pengo Jr., who did take a four-week early suspension um, plea. However, uh, I'm, I was very impressed by their round-one performance. Jermaine psycho filled in well at full-back there, and they were just too good for the Cowboys from the opening bell. So they're going to be pretty hard to beat. The Seattle Sydney Rabbitohs, of course, are going to be travelling to the sun, there. They were 22-18 winners against the Cronulla Sharks. They were well into control of that game. My problem with the Rabbitohs uh, was similar to my problems with the Dragons in week one. Their game management, the Rabbitohs went off and started the game on a flyer. Adam Reynolds was having a great game. Uh, it was all going well. Then James Roberts uh, near the end of that half led in a silly penalty let the Sharks get right back in the game. And uh, they were only two points behind about half an hour into that game when the Rabbitohs should have been very much in control of that game, should have been leading by at least a couple of tries, tries. Silly errors let the Sharks back in the game. And then the second half, their game management uh, failed again where the Sharks just were relentless. They scored a couple of tries on that wing to Katoa and uh, the Rabbitohs win all sorts. Lucky to win, uh, Josh Morris did get a forward pass there at the end of that game. Uh, or it would have been the Sharks being round 1 as the victors. So the Rabbitohs have a lot to improve on. I really worry in this game about their forward pack going up against the, uh, the likes of the Broncos forward pack in the likes of, as I said, Flegger, Carrigan, Huss, Fafida. These guys are very dangerous to the ball. Their defence was pretty good, even though they did leak a couple points last week. Overall, their defence was pretty good as well. So they've got strike power all across that forward pack, the Broncos and the Rabbitohs, of course, uh, with the loss of people like John Sutton, um, George Burgess and Sam Burgess last year. Their forwards went okay on the weekend, but people like Cook and uh, Murray, while they're very solid players, they're pretty great players and they make a lot of tackles, they are smaller types. And then you've got people like Sear and Tom Burgess and Tola. These guys are pretty um, either inconsistent like Tom Burgess or they're just young kids, so they're definitely going to have to step up. The leadership of Ethan Lowe on the bench will help, but I just think the Broncos forward pack might trample over. It's a very big fear that I have, considering I'm a South Sydney fan. But for this game, I think the Broncos are going to get my tip. I've been going back and forth all week. The Broncos, as I said, I, I really like the partnership between Crofts and Milford. Osako played well at the back. They're, they're a team that could definitely make a lot of moves in 2020, and I think the Rabbitohs, as I said, they need to work on their game management. Uh, sometimes they can do stupid things. Latrell Mitchell, of course, the um, the eyes have all been on him. He only played 55 minutes last week. Now, I'm not going to sit here and bag on the guy. However, as it starting fullback for a game you want you starting fullback playing 80 i know obviously he's not match fit to do that yet and Alex johnson is a good uh player to come off the bench there but uh for a team that's going to have to score a lot of points to beat brisbane and going to have to wearily weather the storm their forward pack without a spine that's on the field the whole match i just really worry about cf sydney in this game and I have brisbane winning this one uh by we'll go 10 points 10 points in this one my favourite day of the NRL week Super Saturday Kicks off at 3pm uh, Up there in the Gold Coast The New Zealand Warriors Of course taking their home game there In these empty stadium rounds They uh, You know all the drama around them They haven't been able to get back to New Zealand A couple of their players In Peter Hiku and uh, Patrick Herbert Have gone over there They've got a a lack of suppliers, a lack of players, really everything staffed against them in those matches. They take it up to the Gold Coast, where they're versing the Green finalists from last year. They started the season impressive against Gold Coast in the Canberra Raiders. So it's going to be a very interesting match, this one. The Warriors, they're struggling at the moment. They could not score a point there against Newcastle, the only team to be kept to nil on the weekend against a Newcastle team that in a middle weren't that fantastic. The Warriors just failed to fire a shot um, down there in Newcastle. But uh, going up to the Gold Coast, and with all this controversy uh, that's been around them in the past week, you think they might step up and actually put on a show here against the Raiders, but at the same time, the Raiders last week, they were clinical in that first half against Gold Coast. It was 18-0 before the final score being 24-6. to uh, Pretty ordinary second half, them, but they really clocked off uh, the likes of Wyden and Nicol Clogstad when he was on the field. George Williams, their new signing, really played well. Uh, George Williams definitely could be that missing link, The Raiders need to uh, guide themselves to a premiership. If you listen to my season predictions, they are my premier favourites. They're my prediction for 2020. And George Williams uh, started off his NRL career. He was uh, taken on the line, he was controlling the game well with his kicking game. Their forwards really stepped up the Raiders without John Bateman. People like Ernie, Ernie, Ernie Gula. And uh, Corey Horsbrough really played well, the young kids. So uh, led by people like Papali. So when Bateman comes back in that team, that just gives them more strength with young guys with more NRL experience. There isn't too much to say about this game. The Warriors need a lot of improvement if even to be competitive. As I said, I think they might step up because of this uh, this controversy with uh, not being able to do that back to their country at the moment and everything going on with the coronavirus. I think they're going to make a decision about the Warriors uh, from round three onwards after this one finishes. However... I have the Raiders being too strong? of it. the Raiders winning this one pretty comfortably. I've got them by 22 points. The Warriors will start the game off early, pretty well early before the Raiders run away with it near the end of the match. Super Saturday continues at 5.30 in what might be the match of the week. Two round one losers. Two teams that were very impressive in 2019. The Sydney Roosters take on the Manly Eagles at Leichhardt Stadium. Of course, shifting from the original Gosford uh, Stadium there for this match. It is an empty uh, of course an empty crea arena this one uh, because of the guidelines put in place by the coronavirus so I don't know if the Leichhardt venue makes too much of a difference but both teams um, in particular the Roosters pretty disappointing in round one uh, they started the game on fire against Penrith they actually cost me my perfect round so I'm still a little bit bad to be honest with them about that but they started the game on fire looking like the Premiers of old and then they just fell in a heap after the first 20 minutes they Seemed disinterested in the match. They leaked a lot of points there. um, And people like Cleary. Uh, was he played well at the start of the game, but him and Flanagan definitely struggled with their game management skills. They're definitely missing the likes of Cooper Cronk there uh, to start their 2020 season. So we'll see how they go. Um, They obviously thought they could win that match on the back of their defence, which uh, obviously was proven wrong, because way too strong there. I think it might be the wake-up call they need it, but they're versing no easy team. Uh, they are going up against the Manly Eagles, who were definitely in the game for a long period of time against Melbourne on Sunday afternoon at Brookvale there. However, they're one of three teams that could not score a try to kickstart their 2020 campaign. People like Cherry Evans um, and Dylan Walker... Were disappointing, their game plan, their attacking plan for the Manly Seagulls when they were about 10 metres out from the line a lot of the time seemed to just pa- seemed to be just passing to Tommy Turbo. We now know how good Tom Sorovic is and how great of a player he is, but if you're doing that against the good teams, just passing to your best players and expecting things to happen, they won't happen. You need a better game management plan than that. Tommy Turbo, always dangerous, but he can't always make thing, uh, things happen out of nothing against those top-tier teams. So they need to uh, need to be better there. Their forward pack was pretty good most of the game. Jake Tavruvich, uh and Fanua Blake both uh, recovered from their preseason surgeries. Lined up in round one and both very impressive. So there's why they did not score a, a try in round one, there's a lot of positives to take away from that mainly Seagulls performance. This one's going to be a close game. I think it all depends on, as I said, both the halves' game management. Flanagan and Cherry Evans—they both need to step up the halves there. Uh, with obviously Walker and Kiri there as well, but both of those guys are more uh, are more running kind of dangerous players that can kind of pop up out of nowhere. Kiri's got a bit of game management there, but as I said, the pressure all on Flanagan early up. Uh, I think Tedesco was pretty quiet in round one. Him and Tommy Turbo, the the battle of probably the best fullback in the NRL. It's going to be very interesting there. Um, both in New South Welshmen, it's going to be a very good battle. And I think those two are going to be looking to um, impose their ability onto this match. As I said, they're both quiet, especially in attack in round one. So we'll see if they can offer up in round two. I've got the Roosters bouncing back. They are the Premiers for a reason. Uh, Trent Robertson's going to be filthy about their round one loss. He's going to have them ripping and tearing ready for this game. Their forward pack uh, with people like Crichton, who's going back there this week, Hargraves... They're going to be ready to take on the, uh, the massive forward pack of people like Thompson and Sirnan and Terrojevic and, and Fenua Blake. So the forward pack's going to be very interesting. But they had the Roosters just wanting this one a bit more. Uh, they're going to be wanting to start their 2020 season after a failure to launch in round one against the Panthers. I have got the Roosters just being too strong in this one. I have got the Roosters by six. And Super Saturday in round two wraps up at 7.30 when the Cronulla Sharks return home to the Shire. In Crenulla, take on the incoming Melbourne Storm, who just completed their 19th round one victory in a row. Craig Bellamy knows how to get this team fired and ready to perform to start off seasons. He has been doing it for a long period of time. Cam Smith was on fire in his 18th season. He uh, made about 40 tackles on the weekend. Game management was very, very good, and he even had a try assist there for the young Tom Eisenhuff to end the game against Manly in that one. The Cronulla Sharks probably should have beat the Rabbitohs. They definitely had their opportunities after a disappointing first half. Their forward pack was thoroughly dominated by the Rabbitohs, younger and uh, smaller pack. So they're going to be looking to prove themselves um, a threat to the Melbourne Storm. These games are always intense. It is a rematch of the 2016 Green Final. Uh, and there was definitely a rivalry there between Cameron Smith and Paul Gallen. And the fact that Paul Gallen's not there for Cronulla does worry me. Their forward pack, as I said, were dominated last week. for feeder feels... Uh, Feel like he might be on his last legs. Uh, he's trying hard, but I just don't think he has the impact he once did. Young kids like Jack Williams and Scott Sorensen, they're trying to uh, make up for the loss of poor Gallon, but they're going to have to be better because he does fill a, a deep hole. Um, Wade Graham was a little bit quiet in round one as well, and I think they should be worried taking on a forward pack from Melbourne who dominated last week. People like and Nelson, so for Solomona, both the Bromwiches, these guys. Um, they played fantastic last week. They're going to be looking to pounce um, and make a two from two for Melbourne. Uh, Ryan Papaheus, another worrying side for the Sharks. He was pretty quiet last week. He did try to get involved a lot. He did have 20 runs, but he failed to make a real impact on the match. Well, I expect him to come out um, fired up, but it's probably the quietest I've ever seen him offensively in the match. So the Sharks are going to be ed- extra vigilant there. And their own worries is Matt Moylan's still a couple of weeks away, and so is Josh Dugan. So they're full back stock. Um, young Williams, um, William Kennedy, I think his mate, no name is. He uh, had a had a decent game in round one, but uh, he's definitely going to be under pressure against the master uh, in Cameron Smith in that game's management. His defence is going to have to be on point because if I'm Melbourne, I'm going to be targeting with bombs all day. So I'll see how it goes here. I think the Storm probably be a bit too strong there. Uh, Jerome Hughes was pretty good. Um, when I said in the pre I don't know if he's a genuine halfback, but he was pretty good in that game there with Cameron Munster um, so I think they're just going to get on top of the Storm early the Storm's forward pack definitely going to have to step up if they have any chance but have the Storm too strong this game we have Melbourne by 24 moving on to the Sunday games and we've got our second match in two days here at Lycan Oval uh, when the West Tigers take on the Newcastle Knights the Tigers and Knights both round one winners the Tigers I was fortunate enough to be there on, at Wing Stadium on Sunday and probably may, might be the only game I get to this year before the um. Or the lockouts. However, the Tigers they started the game off pretty poorly there against the Dragons. Their forward pack was getting dominate, dominated, and uh, they were in trouble. However, they stayed in the gr- grind. The first after the first twenty, they managed to uh, get a bit of a roll on. They went down only two points down at the halftime break, and their forward pack really got on top in that second half, led by uh, the young forward Inlay Lua. I was fortunate enough to be there live as I saw Benji Marshall ripping up too in that second half. He was vintage. Benji Marshall had his best. He scored a fantastic try. Set a couple more up. If Benji's in that kind of form, they're going to be hard to beat the Tigers. But Newcastle uh, had a pretty relatively easy, or well, they made it look easy. Round one, by their standards, they beat the Warriors 20 mil. The Warriors barely fired a shot there in that game. Uh, the Knights seemed to be in control from the get-go. It's going to be very interesting to see how uh, Ponga combines with Kurt Meehan and Mitchell Pearce. Pearce and Ponga in particular, their combo was pretty good um, last year, but Meehan and Ponga, uh, they they combined pretty well, and so did the young uh, hooker in Braley. Jaden Braley that went over from Cronulla, he combined pretty well with Ponga. So we'll see how that combination goes. Their forward pack was pretty good, Newcastle. Saying that, the Warriors' forward pack were very, very heavily depleted. The Tigers, as I said, they their forward pack struggled in The first half, they came out firing up in the second half. So it's going to be a good battle of the forwards there. Back and forth game this match. I expect there to be a lot of points. I think it's going to be a high-scoring point, a high-scoring game. As I said, I, I worry about both teams' defence. Newcastle, well, they're perfect. they got the best defence in the IRL right now. But they weren't versed in much, as I said, against the Warriors last week. So I think there's going to be a lot of points scored. It's going to be a back-and-forth kind of match. The league could change hands multiple times. I'm actually going to go the upset in this game. I'm going to go Newcastle. Uh, as I said, I like their combo. I think uh, Ponga is electric there at the back for them. And uh, I think they're going to be starting their season two from two. The young coach, Adam O'Brien, seems to have them focused and ready for a big 2020. So I like what I see from Newcastle. Same old story to Tigers. I think they're a bit in, too inconsistent. Uh, and if they're going to win this game, which they definitely could, if they're going to win win it without the uh, without the experience and uh, playmaking skills Luke Brooks provides they're going to have to have Benji Marshall Uh, he's going to have to have another fantastic game and uh, lead that park around well, so I've got the uh, Knights winning this one, I'm going to have them winning by four so a close game, but Knights pretty much firing the last shot in a uh, high scoring encounter Last game of the round uh, starts at 6.30pm at Seabus Super Stadium on the Sunday night when the Gold Coast Titans take on the Parramatta Eels. Gold Coast, uh, they should be proud of their round one effort. They were simply air class in the first half against the Raiders when they were down 18-0, but they made it very respectable in the second half. They came back strong. 24-6 was the final score. They only limited the Raiders to only one try. Uh, Gold Coast, they've got plenty of positives to take out from the appearance. Ash Taylor... Um, had an okay comeback. I mean, his passing game was really good. However, I had very, very serious problems. He didn't seem like he wanted to kick the ball in general play very much. Shifting the pressure over to people like Bryce Cartwright, who admittedly didn't have a great game, but he had a lot of pressure under him to perform um, with Tyron Roberts and Ash Taylor, who Tyron Roberts usually pretty takes control pretty well. Both of those players were not taking control in that game. They're still missing uh, Ash Brinson this week. He's not going to be back. Uh, so they need to get that game management uh, right if they're going to be any chance against the Parramatta Eels team that was far from their best in the season opener last week against the Bulldogs. I think they're going to be fired up. It was a pretty mediocre performance there. A lot of errors by the Eels and the Eels forward pack in particular. So they need to step up um, and prove that they're not going to be the inconsistent Eels of old. They got a lot of pressure on them. They I felt like they might have been reading their own hype pre-season there because they they disappointed in round one, and they've got a lot of eels fans um, already questioning whether they can get it done in 2020 after, a, as I said, a, a really, really disappointing opener on last Thursday night. They, however, they do have a chance to come back uh, in this match. They've got the Gold Coast, who are, uh, why they'll, they'll stick in the game and they'll try to grind out a victory. They're not uh, a team that's brimming with a bunch of uh, talent and attacking spark there. Um, they're going to try hard, but I think the Eels are going to be too strong in this one. I've got the Eels in this one by 18 points. I think Mitchell Moses in particular, like he was pretty quiet, and they could really struggle to penetrate the uh, Bulldogs' defence. I think Moses and Dylan, uh, Dylan Edwards and even Clint Duffson, are going to be think they're going to be running roughshed against the Titans, who will score some points in this game, but just simply be outclassed by the amount of attacking powers that the Eels have there. So those are my tips for round two. Just to recap, on the Thursday night, I have the Cowboys being too strong for the Bulldogs. My Friday predictions, I have the Panthers beating the Dragons. I've got the Broncos beating the Rabbitohs. Then on Saturday, I've got the Raiders defeating the Warriors with the Roosters being a little bit too strong against the Manly Seagulls. And the Storm being way too strong for the Sharks there on the Saturday. On the Sunday, I've got the Knights upsetting the Tigers. And I've got the Eagles uh, bouncing back against the Gold Coast Titans. Those are my tips for round two. It's been fantastic to have you guys listening again. Um, Thank you for all the continued support, especially during these trying times. I can't tell you in words how much I appreciate it. Thank you guys for liking the Facebook page. If you haven't, it is Steve's NRL footy tips. Please go over there and like that one. Subscribe to the feed on Apple, iTunes, and Spotify. I'd appreciate it massively. Before we go, I've got one last thing to do, and that is Steve's bets of the week. Last week, I had the Eels into the Storm 1-12 into the Tigers. Now, all those three teams won. The Storm 1-12, i guess that it was going to be a low-scoring, grindy kind of game. However, I uh, the Storm did run away with it, so that is a loss. Let's say we put 20 bucks into that prediction. So for overall for the year, I'm minus $20. This week, I'm going to go a little bit safe as well. Uh, try to get some money in the kitty to start us off. I'm going to have the Cowboys head-to-head. On the Thursday night against the Bulldogs, I think they're about $1.65, $1.70. I'm going to put them in with uh, the Broncos, the $1.90. So that gives us about $2.50. And then I'm going to go the Knights, double that up to 5 bucks. So the Cowboys, the Broncos, and the Knight, that is, Knights, that is my moldy of the week. Thank you guys for listening again. And I'll see you guys this time next week, assuming there's still NRL on for round three of Steve's NRL footy tips. Let's hope I can get... At least seven again, or let's hope I can go for the perfect round this week. Thank you guys for listening.